0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backfield Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we're diving in to a host of different topics from around the American soccer landscape. We're going to talk about Inter Miami qualifying for the U.S. Open Cup final after they took down FC Cincinnati in a truly wild match in Cincy on Wednesday night. We'll chat a bit about what Leagues Cup tells us about Major League Soccer and how it stacks up against Liga MX. And we'll talk some about a sad piece of news that came out this morning. The San Diego Loyal, a franchise in the USL Championship, are folding. All that on today's show in just 10 minutes or less, because here at Backfield, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer. <laughs> All right, folks, let's dive right into Inter-Miami's narrow win, a 3-3 draw after extra time that then headed to penalty kicks from Miami 1-5-4. Let's chat about Inter-Miami's win and what we learned from this performance against FC Cincinnati. Outside of the result and, and what it means for Miami to have a chance to win two trophies in a season that before Messi arrived, it felt like the only thing they would be collecting was the wooden spoon for finishing last in Major League Soccer. Outside of what that means for Miami and another chance to win... The most interesting thing that stood out to me from this game was how sluggish Miami looked in the attack for a lot of this match, and just like in the League's Cup final against Nashville, the biggest reason for that, I thought, was how Cincinnati defended. Since he sat deep, they ended the game with just 42% possession, they ended the first half with just 38%, they were not super eager to step forward and press. Instead, they sat with a back five that kept their midfield two fairly narrow, And they absorbed a lot of really simple, tame passes from Inter-Miami. Tata Martino changed his team's shape in this game to a back three with a midfield diamond for large portions with Messi either at the tip of the diamond or over on the right side of central midfield looking to get on the ball. But the truth is, until the second half, he wasn't particularly dangerous. And Cincinnati, despite allowing three goals, did a fairly good job of doing what you have to do against Messi in Miami, which is slow them down. You can't stop them, because regardless of what you do, Messi will pull out a banger of a goal like he did against Nashville in the League's Cup final, or he'll pull out two assists like he did in this game to get Inter-Miami through to the final of the U.S. Open Cup. But you can slow them down, and Busquets didn't have a major impact in this game. He looked irritated and aggravated that he couldn't get more touches and couldn't do more with those touches. He was getting angry at the referees, which is not... Unusual for Sergio Busquets. He was flustered and Miami didn't do much until the goals started rolling in more than halfway through a 120-minute game. It is so difficult to stop this Miami team. But what Cincinnati have done and what Nashville did in the League's Cup shows that good teams with clear identities and an understanding of how to control space defensively can expose some of Miami's weaknesses because the reality for Miami is that they still don't have a high level of talent uniformly across the squad. Yes, they get John Mota back in this game in midfield, He looked rusty after a long-term knee injury. There's no surprise there. But the talent in midfield with Mota and Gomez, neither of those two players wowed on the ball, and they made a lot of poor decisions. They're not ideal decision-makers in the final third when Miami are trying to attack a low block. The same goes for either Leo Campana when he starts or Joseph Martinez when he starts. The same goes for most of the players in Inter Miami's 11. I thought Facundo Farias, who came off the bench, 20-year-old Argentine attacker, looked good and probably will be starting games for this team by the end of their playoff push. But Inter-Miami still have weaknesses. Cincinnati did a very good job of exposing those weaknesses for large stretches of this match. They just couldn't finish the job, which is probably the hardest part to do against Inter-Miami, who are through to the final of the U.S. Open Cup. That will be played next month in Miami against the Houston Dynamo. That will be a blast. Now, we talked some about Inter-Miami. We're going to pivot into a tournament that Inter-Miami just won, which is Leagues Cup. Leagues Cup presented Major League Soccer with a chance to test themselves in a lot of ways against Liga and Mechis, with both leagues pausing their seasons for about a month so that their teams could play against each other in a gigantic tournament. This is the first time that we've had an expanded Leagues Cup with every team from both leagues. And on paper, it was going to present us with an opportunity to compare both of those leagues. And Ben Wright for Backfield over on Backfield.com had a great article out about how Yes, the top three finishers in the tournament were MLS teams, and yes, Inter Miami lifted the trophy, but Ben really dug into some of the details about how these two leagues matched up. I wanna encourage folks to go read that and not let me just tell you about the piece, but the one nugget in a piece filled with really good, compelling nuggets that I thought was most interesting is this one from Ben. Ben wrote, Since 2010, traveling MLS teams have posted a win percentage of just 25.8%. Liga Emeki's teams in this League's Cup, despite not lifting the trophy, ended the tournament with a 42.55% away win percentage because they were playing every game away from home. Only MLS teams hosted these matches, none in Mexico, none at neutral sites. That's a huge gap. Liga Mequis teams, despite a difficult set of circumstances, did better in this competition than MLS teams do playing away from home, even in their own country. That stands out to me and still illustrates that despite MLS having Noticeable success and playing well in a number of matches, even against high-profile League at teams, it illustrates that there is still a lot of room for MLS to grow, even within a competition that automatically stacks the deck aggressively in their favor. Tons more that we'll learn about League's Cup as this tournament continues to play year after year after year. A fun, if not overwhelming, success on the field for Major League Soccer in a tournament that was certainly a success based off of entertainment and all the other crazy stuff that happened in League's Cup. Finally, to close us out here, a note about the San Diego Loyal, USL Championship franchise, Landon Donovan's USL Championship franchise that will cease operations after this current USL Championship seasons. This is in no small part because there is an MLS team coming to San Diego. It's difficult to see these kinds of things happen. It happened in Austin before, it happened in St. Louis. These USL teams existing and drawing some fans, San Diego in general, did a good job of adding real value to that San Diego sports market And then Major League Soccer comes in and things sort of evaporate. It's a difficult moment for employees of that club for players of that club who have to find a new situation for next season. And it's a difficult moment for the fans as well. I'm not a San Diego loyal fan, but the idea of a club in my backyard sort of disappearing overnight because a new one's coming in is a weird and sad and awkward part of soccer in the United States continuing to grow and expand and really... Major League Soccer coming into markets and making them their own. Whether or not that's right, whether that's ideal is a separate conversation. But what we can all agree on is that for fans and employees and all those things I mentioned of this club, of San Diego Loyal, it just sucks. I feel for San Diego fans. We've done a ton of USL championship coverage on Backyard.com. We've talked about the USL repeatedly on this show since it launched. It's something that we devote a lot of time and resources to. It's just a real bummer. It sucks and hopefully things find a way to bounce back in San Diego for fans and everybody else attached to this club. That's it for this episode of the Back Heeled Show. If you enjoyed, check out backheeled.com and subscribe to read more American soccer coverage and scroll up or down here in the Back Heeled Show feed for more. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon.